0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Safe. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call 601 992 6000
0: celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1.
2: Hope you're having a great day and welcome to the Ricky Matthews show, the show that so often every day uh, celebrates the men and women who are working so hard to make this state such a great place to live, work and play. And I do say the state because, you know, the interesting thing is while the show as a general rule tends to focus on coastal Mississippi, I do have guests from time to time that are from other parts of the state. And uh, and while they may be working so hard to make coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work and play, the reality of it is the coast is an economic engine that drives the state. And this, this show is a chance to remind people of that and to teach people why that is so true. And um, so, you know, when the coast is doing well, the state does well. And, you know, honestly, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, and it's important for the entire state that the coast of Mississippi do well. Uh, the other reason is that this show will eventually not, in the actually very near future, will start to play on uh, Super Tog uh, local stations across the state. And um, and I want to make sure they, you know, it, we're making coastal Mississippi and the conversations we're having make something make sense to them in their various communities, whether it be the Mississippi Delta or wherever. Also, from time to time, we'll have guests from those other communities as well. Uh, so you can learn more about why what happens in Tupelo, for example, is important to us here in coastal Mississippi. Why what happens in the Delta? is important us here in coast of mississippi and so on. So uh, I'm glad that we're beginning to branch out some and well, actually a lot to be, be to be honest with you but it uh, it's going to be good for it's going to be good for the coast going to be great for the show it's going to be great for the state of mississippi to have these kind of conversations. So I am thrilled about that. Okay, so now let's move to our guest today. I'm I'm actually thrilled to have Jamie Miller the uh, president of the Gulf Coast Business Council, on for the entire show. It's been a while since he and I have uh, connected. He's been in the role now for six months. It's amazing how much time flies when you're having fun, isn't it, Jamie? It does.
1: Uh, it really has flown by, and I, and I, uh, I I don't want to think of work as fun, but this is as much fun I've had working uh, for an organization as I can remember. So it has. I've enjoyed it a lot.
2: Listen, Jamie, I f- always felt the same way, man. I I literally loved what I did. Even, you know, even after Hurricane Katrina, I loved being in a role that can make a difference. I was motivated by that. When I worked in Alabama, working with the governor on the oil recovery planning efforts and leading that effort, super excited about it. You you were actually engaged in that effort. You got to see it firsthand, how passionate we were about the work that we were doing. And in my, my time in Louisiana, as tough as it was because of the strategic changes we were making, Uh, You know, it never was as tough on the inside as it appeared for people looking from the outside. The team that I was surrounded by and the work that we were doing, we knew that it had incredible ramifications for our industry. And uh, I I just love that. And I actually said the day that I feel like I'm not in love with it anymore, I'm going to retire. And that's what happened. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I wasn't having as much fun as I, I used to. And I felt, you know, I wanted to, I couldn't live in this high stress world for the rest of my life. I'd been in it for so long. Uh, it was going to start to affect my, my, uh, my, my health. So uh, I gave my owners a two year notice. It took two years and six months. And and in my fifties, I was able to enjoy retirement, and eventually come to do this show, which I've really enjoyed doing. But you know, your 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 journey's been kind of like that. It's been all yeah. these interesting twists and turns along the way. But as we've discussed in past shows, the the accumulation of all those experiences, whether it be here on the coast working in the marine resources arena, or whether it be at the Mississippi Development Authority, you've been in a unique position to learn and prepare well for the gig you have today, haven't you?
1: I have. I, you know, thinking back, I can't think of two better agencies to, to have had some experience with than DMR and MDA, both uh, one focused directly on the environment and kind of how the coast is is, you know, its economy and environment are tied together, and then at MDA uh, uh, directly kind of looking at uh, growing the economy um, statewide, but also on the coast, looking at assets, how, how do we recruit, how do we market ourselves. Of course, MDA also has tourism, so yeah, those two those two organizations for sure played a great role in, in kind of what I've been able to kind of talk about and experience now.
2: It's uh, you know, I don't care which state you're in, and I've had newspaper responsibilities across five states. So I'm in a unique position where I can view it in that way. And um and and the way that politics and connections and relationships and business interests and all these things play out in each of those states why each have their own approach to it they're all similar in that it's complicated they're they're all similar in that there is this you know vast array of connections and you know at the end of the day the world is really small i mean you you people can think that you know we're operating in this big world but the reality is that Everyone knows each other. <laughs> a lot of them are related to one another. A lot of them have business interests together. And, you know, being good at what you do, you sort of got to know all those things. And and actually, you know, just being in the DMR and MDA gives you a chance to really view what it takes to be successful and the layers that are involved in that. And the Gulf Coast Business Council is no different than that. You know, you got to figure out how do you move forward? How do you continue to move the ball forward? Without, with, you know, and bring people with you. You know, bring people. You know, develop consensus, which is not always easy to do. Um, you've uh, you've you've learned a lot about that, haven't you?
1: I have. You know, uh, I, my, my goals and organizations. You know, government takes. A, we, we try to understand the business perspective, business and industry. We have other external political factors, other things that are influencing decisions. <clears throat> but at the business council I-, I have really enjoyed just really focusing on the business and interest side of how business gets done, what are the barriers to our company you know growing our economy uh, being single-minded in a sense that you know really what is best for business and industry ultimately ends up being best for the community uh, an affluent community that takes care of of its uh, infrastructure and, other things ultimately is attractive to people, and uh, and it and it's nice to have that singular focus from our executive committee and our board of directors. But it's also great to have that perspective from the pure government side of how how to influence public policy.
2: Yeah, what's uh, what's interesting is that what we know is, and again, not I'm not I'm not getting down into the weeds of any of this, but just looking at sort of globally that. You know, there are some people who don't want to be told what to do. There are some people who want you know, don't want to have a lot of light shined on what they're doing, and and th- these type of people are in every walk of life. They protect the status quo. That's every community has that. Every community's got. To, that's why consensus is so important. Developing consensus around it. That's why after after Hurricane Katrina, when we formed the business council, and I was thrilled to be one of the founding board members of the business council that this regional organization you have you have these chambers chambers incidentally the, the the role that the chambers play in our communities has really advanced significantly over the last many years i think Trina helped push that forward in a way but you know chambers are involved in community building now they're involved in you know grant awarding and working closely with their elected officials and they're not just your your father's chamber anymore. So they, they've got their roles. And all these other nonprofits and governmental entities had their role. But what we needed was we needed a, a business organization that was regional that could really sort of look out for – not just business interest, but also sort of the strategic vision for where this community might go. How do how do we take advantage of how do we how do we operate within a world where sort of the, the, the old approach to economic development, we still have to do that, you know, promote business and in industry, attract business and in industry, but also operate within the, the, the realm of, of the new economy, which is a lot about building the kind of places where people want to live. And we needed an organization that could really say grace over the regional view. We didn't have that before. We had, so, you know, we had the makings of some of that, but not nearly to the extent that we have today. And now that we have a business council that's fully operational with, with folks like Jamie leading it, and a, and really truly, as I've referred to it many times in the past, a dream team, literal dream dream team, of CEOs representing some of the most important employers in in on the coast in the State of Mississippi, for that matter. Um, when you have that kind of involvement, you can make change happen, can't you, Jamie? Yeah, you
1: can. And I, I don't know that I appreciated j- just the, the, I don't call the power, but the influence of the le- the lower three counties have. And I've tried to spend as much time as I can in each of the counties with the economic development organizations and the other community development organizations, but. Each time i walk away from those counties and what they're doing and and kind of how they're putting themselves together for success, when we put those three things, those counties together and look at what we can do regionally and even statewide, each day I I wake up more encouraged about just how impactful we can be. And so when I'm in those meetings, uh, I try to remind people, you know, this is happening in Hancock County. Something very similar is happening in Jackson County. Let's get together and see how we can leverage those resources uh, I, I just, I've been blown away with just how responsive people have been and how w- the sentiment about really working together in some alignment, not every time, I mean, you know, it gets a little trickier when you get to the municipal level, but uh, I feel really good about, about people's in, uh, interest in, in thinking regionally. Mm-hmm.
2: Boy, is that intri- In fact, we're going to talk more about that when we get on the other side, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about some uh, really important events that are coming up. Coast symposium, and uh, why you know why gathering economic data is really important, so that we can all we we can't go to where we want to go if we don't know where we are now. If we're not all looking at the same set of data, but we'll talk about more about that when we get on the other side with Jamie uh, Miller, who's the president of the Gulf Coast Business Council. We'll see you after this.
0: Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of the Ricky Matthews show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews show on supertalk 103.1.
2: Welcome to my show where we are uh, joined by my friend Jamie Miller from the Gulf Coast Business Council. And in just a second, we're going to talk about the State of the Economy Symposium that's coming up here shortly. But one of the, one of the, this notion about regionalism, every community, I don't care where you go, there's always going to be a tug of war between what's best at the municipal level, what's best at the county level, what's best at the regional level. And there's always gonna be debates and disagreements and agreements and the need for alignment and communication. It's it happens wherever you go. That's just the way it is. That actually the way I would say it is that's actually democracy in action. That means we're all engaged in a in a thought about how do we move the ball forward now one thing's for sure the business council as I as I said in my speech to the one Coast award last year the business Council is the single organization that will question the status quo because if we if we're satisfied with the status quo or we're protecting the status quo we're not advancing the ball the second thing they're going to do they're going to be focused on leadership they're going to bring key leaders like William Yates and Roy Anderson and, and Jonathan Jones and a long list of others into the conversation on a regular basis to say you know and they're going to make statements About what their what their leadership role is going to be. Anthony Wilson from Mystic Power, the long long list of people that are engaged in that way. And then third, they're they're going to be super focused on making sure that we we are really locked on to the future. And the only way we can go to where we might want to go as a set of communities. The only way we can do that is that we get, we agree on where we are now, and that 's why, as you guys work toward the state of the coast symposium and and aligning around economic data, both good and bad, you know there it reveals challenges for our region it it, 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 it creates opportunities is there are things to celebrate? But, you know, creating a data point we can all agree to, because if you can't agree on where you are now, you certainly can't go to where you want to go. So let's talk a little bit about the State of the coast Symposium, Jamie, and what you guys hope to get out of it. I I see you got Peter Raschuti that's going to be involved as well. People may not know that name. We can talk about who he is. But uh, just kind of frame it, and then let's get into some of the details
1: yeah the state of the coast uh symposium started uh i think in 2018 maybe 2019 and it it was uh an annual event hosted by the business council to bring forward economic data bring forward um Current realities about you know where we were, where we had been, kind of how do we move forward? What are the real challenges? Uh, What are we doing well? You know what things are we doing well? Uh, And you know we have we'll have a room of five or six hundred people. You know we've had incredible response from sponsors. Uh, We had a two-year break just because of the pandemic, so I think people were really ready to get back in the room and hear uh, hear you know national economy regional economy and then really drill down to some things that are going on locally within our coastal and municipal economy so this is the opportunity for us to uh, it, it's not a cheerleading session it, it's it's an opportunity to hear from some quality people and and, and listen to some uh, or i guess get some quality data and then maybe uh, start to to steer toward you know what are the the solutions to that. And so we'll be doing all that. You mentioned Peter Ricciuti. Uh, Peter is an economist, but but gives talks in, in somewhat of an entertaining way. And we've asked him to, there's so many things going on nationally and even globally that are impacting our state and our coast. So we don't want to leave that out. Uh, and then I'll be able to give kind of a more granular look at, at what's happening in gaming and sales tax and labor and uh, Trying to focus in on where where we're the common themes of of challenges and common themes of successes. So, uh, and uh, you may get to we're, we're going to be given a, a new award this year. I'll let you talk about that in a second.
2: Yeah, it's a rising tide, where I can't wait to to talk more about that. I think it's terrific that you guys are focused on that, but we'll we'll come to that in just a second. But you know, one of the um, I always think in terms of strategic planning as um, first of all you got to be extremely honest with the current situation. You know, what is the current situation? I used to call that current process analysis where you're, you know, in some cases it may be, understanding a specific process or a collection of processes that lead to some outcome. It may be looking at the data and really debating, is that the best data we can get our arms around? There are other data we need. There's some research that we need. But the goal is to try to get as clear an understanding of the current situation as you can possibly get. And when you're doing, you know, I'm talking about real, honest, strategic planning you don't try to shade the numbers. You, 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 the numbers are the numbers. This is—we're not trying to put our best foot forward. Now, look—if there's something to celebrate, that's great, and you should yeah. celebrate that. But if there are other aspects of the data as it, rely, as it applies to us, challenges in the labor market, for example, or maybe you know the, the average pay or you know those kinds of things, we got to be honest about it. And and then and then, as you pointed out just then, what are you going to do about it? So there's a there's a current process analysis. And then there is some discussion about what could be, where can we be, and then it's then it's what are the steps we got to take to get there. And it could you know you could have a hundred strategies that roll out of an effort like that. But the, but it's the, the intention of the business council to have smart, real conversations about where the challenges are, where the opportunities are, where the celebration should be. And then to sort of create a conversation, create a platform to think about where we could be in the future. And that's, you know, that's that's serious and that's real as it relates to the business council's role, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it it's central to what I believe our role is. I mean we we do other things throughout the year, but but this event annually is kind of a culmination of of us sharing what we're seeing from our CEOs, from our businesses and industries, and also uh, what we're seeing externally kind of impacting the coast uh, could be, you know, Fed interest rates, could be war in Ukraine, could be debt ceiling debate in D.C. It could be a host of things. But uh, but we we certainly want to know in uh, getting back to something you mentioned in a previous conversation. You know, data is one thing, but then trying to understand kind of what's behind the data, the context for why we're seeing what we're seeing. Because, uh, frankly, in many cases, uh, you know, the last year, we've seen a really good recovery from the pandemic. If you look at sales tax or gaming revenue, there's a lot of things that are positive. The question is, uh, is that a, a six-month occurrence? Is that going to be a year? What do we look like 18 months from now? How do we prepare for what the future may be? Um, and so we want to tease out those things. We want to have an honest conversation, as you said, about, about the, uh, the, the numbers and then the context for, for what we're seeing.
2: Let let me give you a let me give you a really good example, and uh, we can talk about this in, in in depth as you want to. But I'm actually develop a series of shows around this theme. But I'll start with this uh, as part of the Super Talk Mississippi News is it has a thought leader plan that they're implementing now. They're having writers from across the state that are going to be regular contributors. And one of the contributors to this effort is Coach Young Professionals. And Jace Payne wrote the first column. Aaron Rossetti wrote one just just recently. I've had them both on my show to talk to them. And uh, there's a central theme that emerges, and that is that Young leaders, and these aren't leaders that are just at the at the beginning of their career. They're further along in their career. They're going to be the next leaders of the business council and, and etc. These are these are leaders that are really emerging, and you watch them. I know you know all these personalities, but this notion around brain drain and us having to take responsibility for the perception of Mississippi and and dealing with issues like that. One of the one of the points that they make is that affordable housing is a very 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 serious issue. They'll probably write a lot more about that. in in the future. I know that's an issue. It's something we dealt with after Hurricane Katrina. We worried about the availability of housing and the affordability of housing. And here we are so many years later, and it's still very much on the front burner. Let me tell you something that I'm deeply concerned about. I've actually done uh, several shows about it. And I, I think it's going to be a burning issue for us going forward. And we, man, we're going to have to deal with it. Okay, it has to do with the, fl- the federal flood insurance program, and their move toward being actuarially sound. Now, when they w- rolled out the initial set of increases, they can only increase, I think, as personal as 18 percent a year, and business is 20, 25 percent, or 30, I don't But they're they're doing it in increments. Uh, I had to get had to get bone back up on some of the specifics of it. But essentially where they are though, is in their effort to be actuarially sound, when they launched it uh, at the beginning of last year and we got our increases, you know everyone saw increases, okay? But what we didn't see is what the target number was going to be. Now let me tell you about my house. I'm twenty five point one feet above sea level, okay? I live on Back Bay. I'm 5.1 feet. My first floor is 5.1 feet above the ABFE. My annual cost before, you know, before these new changes went into place, my annual cost was $400 a year. We just got the notice for what it's what their target number is for us: $4,000. We were paying $400. It's going to now be $4,000. Look, what's happened is that the implementation of this has been drip, drip, drip. But if you think about the accumulating effect, the snowballing effect of this over the next five or ten years, both for residents and individuals, we got a problem. And I know that Marco Rubio and lots of leaders are focused on it. But, you know, the issue, what's happening is we end up getting sort of the issue of the day in Washington, and people are not as focused on this issue as they need to be. The Coast community is going to have to come back together. And I know that Michael Heck in, uh, at uh, GNO Inc. You know, has been leading a, a cross-state effort. We're going to have to get back focused on it. And I'll say one other point I want to make about it and get your feedback when we get on the other side. But this is Jamie Miller, who's the president of the Gulf Coast Business Council. We'll see you after this. Oh, <music>
0: Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthews Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1.
2: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend, uh, the uh, president of the Gulf Coast Business Council, Jamie Miller, with us today. I don't want to get caught up in the weeds, and there's a there's a universal point that I'm going to make about this. But what I was talking about before we went to the break was the new federal flood insurance program. Is uh, we're in the year two of it, and their goal is to be actuarially sound. And senators and representatives from coastal states across America initially expressed their serious concerns about what this meant. Uh, we were deeply concerned because going into this, at least with the first statement that most of us who live near water, um, most of us did not know what the target number was. And when we asked what the target number was, they couldn't tell us what the target number was. So it seemed like they were hiding something. But now, take a look at your statement. The statement now says what your target number is. In my case, it's going to go from $400 a year to $4,000 a year. I don't know if everybody's experiencing the same increases that I'm experiencing, but they'll do it in increments. So, it, you know, it's, it will continue to increase every year. We'll get to a point where, you know, we, we, we've, we built a sell self insure so we may end up self insuring before that but look there are, there aren't many people on the coast that can do that I, I i fully appreciate that it's going to create a huge affordability program for a uh, problem for people who live along the coast and it's going to impact businesses in a really big way too so we need to get back focused on that and i think what the push needs to be is towards some federal catastrophic coverage so that it's not so we can spread the risk that's really what needs to happen something like that. Okay, I don't want to get into weeds, but the point I'm making is that any issue, if you start looking at the strategic challenges that we face, just on affordable housing, we have are we building enough units that give us what we need? Can we are they built in an affordable way? What are some of the encumbrances of building affordability? Insurance costs are one of those issues. <clears throat> That's just one item. There may be a thousand more items on the list. Before when you look at this in a very sort of strategic way, it can be overwhelming, but but the prize is going to come to those who burn them in out all and are willing to build teams around all these efforts. That's what success looks like. And that's why the business council is focused in that way, isn't it?
1: That's right. I mean, housing is an issue that I've heard over and over. Um, and you're right. If you talk to bankers, it's you know interest rates are impacting the affordability of housing. If you talk to the insurance companies, Federal flood insurance, uh, even hazard insurance is becoming a huge part of the cost of of housing uh, and then inventory, you know we're we're still building inventory. and if you uh, you go to places like Ocean Springs or Bay St. Louis and even even really across the coast, you've got a lot of second homeowners now, people in Louisiana and even Alabama buying houses and taking up inventory, uh, you know sometimes smaller houses that would be an entry level house for somebody you know, just getting started. so, it's multifaceted. There's no question. It's going to take a a, a really a <clears throat> a group of subject matter experts <clears throat> to come together and start to knock away and chip away at a solution.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, whew, man, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. In fact, I noticed that some of the more national data shows that. New housing ownership has actually decreased, but and the number one thing that has increased is number of renters because people, while they can't afford to buy, they're renting. Then you see why certain home builders in the coast of Mississippi are more, moving more to a rental model than a sales model. There's so much here to kind of break down, but but who's going to lead the conversation around these things if we don't have a business council? I mean, that's that's an important question to answer, and to drive the point home, that's the role the business council's got to play, isn't it? Isn't it, Jamie?
1: Yeah, and that's an issue that it's not specific to Biloxi or Waveland. I mean, that is impacting everybody across the coast. Uh, it, it impacts taxes for the city and the county. It impacts business. Uh, it impacts our ability to recruit. Um, it just it, it permeates through through all the communities. So that that's one we all I think can agree to to, to get together on. Uh, but you're right, it's complicated. It's not going to happen overnight. You, you've got to have people thinking about it. And then you've got to build a coalition to go tackle that. Probably in Jackson and in D.C. and uh, but but without the business council, I don't think you can do it individually. I think you're going to have to have a coalition of a region to do it. So,
2: yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, the um, you want you want Billy Hughes and Gofford, the mayor of Guthport, to be competitive with Fofo Gillich. You want them to be competitive, but at the same time, on those issues where they share common interests, mm-hmm. like for example, how they might address spring break going forward. Like, I, I believe, for example, that that if uh, the city of Biloxi were to put stringent guidelines in place similar to what they did in Alabama and Florida, and Gulfport and Pasco don't do it, then it could be a problem. So, you know, having sort of a, a joint approach to how we're going to address that as a set of coast communities, I love that that we can have competition and fight for money and do all these things, but then on the issues of common where there's you know common interest and common good, we can come together. That's why I think it's important that Billy and the and the and the mayors in general have sort of said you know we we bind to the one coast approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, the business council you know before Katrina talked about this certainly after Katrina. That's what the business council was about one coast. Yeah. Uh, when I became publisher of the Sun Herald in 2001, we we, uh, we launched a strategy called the South Mississippi strategy, saying that we're going to focus on the region. We're going to improve delivery of the newspaper all across the region so that we could create influence to to be able to teach people that we can't fight amongst ourselves if we fight amongst ourselves we'll do what we did many many years ago and as fight so much we end up nullifying our voice in Jackson we can't allow that to happen so the business council plays that important role and so when you start talking about the state of the economy it creates so many opportunities to lead around specific line items. And there and if you're smart, you there won't be much rest for the weary, will will there? No.
1: Just to play off you know this one coach theme, I I, I wanna add a caveat to that and I, I hope you'll appreciate it. But because uh, you're right, we, we, we are better together and one coast it is a kind of common uh, th- thing to keep in the front of our mind. But I, I'm going to start introducing a what I'm referring to as 12-3-1, 12 incredible cities, three fabulous counties, one incredible coast. Uh, you can use your own adverbs there, um, adjectives. But I think we have gotten such unique communities that have, that have kind of grown out of Katrina and Ocean Springs. Bay St. Louis, I mean, Gutport and Biloxi downtown, to Pascagou. I mean, each community has, we had Diamond Hit add, you know, uh, incorporate recently. Uh, I don't want to completely lose that uniqueness and just the uh, what's happening in those communities, but also those fold into three, you know, really incredible counties. But when you put it together, you know, we're still one coast. We still have to share the same water, share the same. Uh, a lot of the same resources, and when we go to jackson i think um I, I think it it speaks more powerfully when we 're together but but i do i 'm going to start using that twelve three one uh talking point from time to time because I just think uh it 's so important to to look at what the cities have done just just since Katrina uh, oh man
2: yeah I think that 's a great way to i think that 's a great way to look at it and of course, you know I talk about it. <laughs> that all the time, that the diversity of each of these communities, each has its own unique sense of place. And uh, it's amazing how, how, you know, if you think about it, the only city center and the entire on the entire coast it wasn't deeply impacted by Hurricane Katrina was Ocean Springs, yeah. and so it was. It, it stood as a demonstration project for the others of what a walkable community is. And they've all rebuilt different paces and different approaches. At the end of the day, they're all unique. And uh, you see the the amount of mixed use that's going in place now. You think the revitalization of Pascagoula, for example, and the work that they're doing there, and the mayor and the and the chamber and so many others are really focused on, you know, the historic district. And it, it, I, I would think ten years ago, if you were to tell people that. Downtown Pasco would be a great place to live. They they wouldn't have really gotten that. But now if you go there and see for yourself the, the restaurants and mixed use and all of that, you can't find land in, in Biloxi today. There's no land in downtown Biloxi. And the amount of development and restaurants and mixed use, it's incredible. Then you have huge things that are that are planned for, for Gulfport and on and on and on. I mean, it's incredible. But, again, the collection of those communities and those counties, the three counties that you talk about, is what makes this region so important and so strong and and understanding that diversity and then understanding our commonalities simultaneously creating this political entity that cannot be denied. It's something we weren't good at 20, 30, 40 years ago. We, we were better at it today, but it, we have to work at it because all it takes is you know one or two legislators that, are the legislators that say they're on board but then they go do something else when they get the legislature. I'm not naming any names. I'm just saying that's the reality you get in because what you have when you have the 12-3-1 the that you just mentioned, you have a lot of political officials that you got to align you got the boards of supervisors, the senators, the representatives, the mayors, and the city council. Boy, there's a lot of work to be done in aligning people. But if we're good at that, especially around the common issues, and we've got really good leadership in most positions across the state, we can make big time progress, can't we, Jamie?
1: We can, we can. And uh, what one effort to do that to kind of bring mayors together at this year's state of the coast economy, we're going to we're going to have a mayors roundtable. So we're going to have a, a roundtable with 12 chairs, and we've invited each of the mayors from the, from the uh, Coast county, the Coast Cities uh, to, to participate.
2: I'm excited about that, actually. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side, but what a great way to put into practice this whole notion of 12 3, one We'll see you after this with James.
0: So, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1.
2: Welcome back to the show. I have Jamie Miller, the uh, president of the Gulf Coast Business Council, and we were talking about during the break. We enjoy having this conversation because it's a great reminder for people who are in the trenches why we need to do what we're doing. For, for young people who are coming along and want to learn more about what it means to think regionally, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to get some education around that. And I think it's also a reminder that, you know, the point that I made at the One Coast Awards last year is that we can't have enough leaders. We need more leaders to get the big picture. That's why Leadership Gulf Coast and the Masters program and all these different chamber programs that are taking place, they're doing a great job of identifying and, and training leaders. But that's why it's so important, because we don't have enough people. When you think about the insurance issue, and then the next issue, and the next issue, and the next issue, we need viable, competent teams with experience around each one of those issues. And before long, you could have, hell, you could have 20 top issues that you're trying to deal with that would allow Coastal Mississippi to advance. So that's why process can get bit, kind of nerdy at times, but, but but having defined process is the way you find success. What gets measured gets done in a community. Um, I I love this idea of a round table, Jamie, for, for the coast mayors. Um, thank you for thank you all for putting that together. I think it's going to go a long way just to just to converse and get to know each other better.
1: Yeah, they don't have the opportunity to, to sit around a table. I'm sure very often, and so we thought this year's event would be the right opportunity. We'll we'll put them right up in front of the uh, in front of the stage. Um, give them some recognition for being there. And then the, the the goal of this really is to do one quarterly for the business council to host a mayor's roundtable quarterly, uh, maybe for breakfast. It would not be a public meeting. It would be a meeting for the mayors to kind of look across the table and, and maybe share some challenges or successes they're having or just catch up on things. And so it's something we we want to build off of. I think quarterly, a quarterly roundtable of the mayors, we hope they'll, they'll be amenable to. But Uh, but they've got a full plate uh, at at each of their cities and and we want to be supportive of them one. uh, And we want to make sure they're communicating, uh, you know, from time to time.
2: Yeah. Well, Billy said on my show a week or two ago that during COVID they did a really good job of communicating with each other because they shared a lot of what they were going through, et cetera. And they'd gotten away from it. I think they had a call recently, where they tried to reconnect again, but certainly there's a there's a there's a a, a a willingness to want to get together and and doing it in this format though, where they've got you know the business community comes together with them. I, I just think you know the the informal conversations that will happen before and after and the reconnections it will will be good for all of us because I think communication is the key to moving this 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 region forward. Tell me about the Rising Tide Award. <clears throat> Uh, this is a new award the Business
1: Council will uh, will will do for the first time this year at our annual event. Um, the Rising Tide Award, as is, is, is you've heard the phrase and said it many times, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats or lifts all ships. And that is the intent or the theme of this award is to pick, uh, we'll have two uh, individuals each year, a public official and a private sector CEO or company uh, that will be the recipient of the award. Uh, and the idea is someone that who's demonstrated or taken action um, recently, you know, maybe in the last year or two, uh, to demonstrate that their their time, their resources, their finances have went toward something that was bigger than themselves, maybe bigger than the community they work or or live in, uh, that that gave some encouragement or gave some impact uh, across the coast. I and mean, that's generally the idea of it. It's not a lifetime achievement award. We, it could go to a very young public official or a young CEO. Uh, but we want to encourage and recognize that type of behavior when we see it. Uh, and we've, you know, this this first year, we believe we've got two really good uh, awardees. Uh, and I'm prepared to announce the the winner of the awards on your show. No, nobody has uh, been made aware of this until now. But uh, this year, the public official who will be receiving the Rising Tide Award is Representative John Reed from Goat show. Uh John, as you know, is the Appropriations Chair for the State House. Uh, he's he saw the largest state budget we've ever had this year, and so uh, and also saw the largest amount of of coast fund uh, projects be funded over 200 million dollars. I mean, he's ultimately working with our coast delegation and statewide on go mesa decisions, Gulf Coast restoration, tidelands, um, restore act projects, Uh, and then he's got all the other uh, state budget to deal with as well. And John has been a I think he has become the statesman of our delegation and also of the state. He 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 is a quiet leader, but has a tremendous influence. And every time I've met with him, uh, and others have told me, you know, he he's he really pays attention to what's best for everybody. So we think that's a great selection. And then uh, the private CEO uh, company is Kevin Decker of Ocean Arrow. O- Ocean Arrow was recruited from San Diego, and they have relocated their headquarters. Uh, at the Port of Gutport are going through a renovation of a building down there, down there now. They they build and manufacture these autonomous, unmanned maritime vessels that are sold all over the world. Uh, and we thought they were just a great example of, of blue tech, uh, new diversified economy, higher wage jobs, uh, that saw Mississippi and decided, you know what, that's where I want to make an investment. I think that's, that's uh, a place where they can thrive and... I just think many look. There were many people deserving on on each side, the public and the private. But we, we think those two exemplify what we're trying to achieve. With, with, with.
2: Congratulations, first of all, on the award itself. As uh, as uh, as I said when we started at the Sun Herald back in 2001, the. The uh, what are now the one coast awards is that it's an opportunity to hold these people up as examples for others to follow. And you talk specifically about behavior. I, I love the notion of a, a rising tide award. But congratulations on the winners. We'll have them both on the show here soon. We're out of time for the day, my friend. But uh, we'll pick it up soon. This has been Jamie Miller, the president of the Gulf Coast Business Council. Thank
0: you. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com/slash. Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.